We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. we gonna see him soon. You feel me? Welcome back to another episode of the Budding Heads Podcast on Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Rivero. Back with me, the man was off the grid until 6 o'clock last night when he tuned in to watch the Rams score 10 points against the Broncos. Johnny, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I shows how much I love the Rams because <laughs> I, I was traveling in a car and had to stream it in a car. Uh, after coming back from vacation, and then as I'm as I'm watching the game, I get a I get a text message from Steve saying, "Hey, can you podcast it uh, tomorrow?" Like, uh, okay, I guess so. Hey, look, man, uh, our pal Derek suffered a non-contact leg injury. Uh, we're <laughs> we're still waiting for the Rams talk staff uh, to be able to diagnose him. And let it, the medical staff. We haven't gotten the full the full diagnosis yet, but he was ruled out for the post game podcast in 
uh, is questionable to return for later in the week. Yeah, well, he, he better uh, he better come back soon, or else uh, Magic Johnny here he's gonna take his spot because you know he's a young buck. He he has a, he doesn't have a a bum knee, so he's all good. Hey man, all it took for Alex Smith was to miss one game, and he lost his job to Colin Kaepernick. So shit happens fast. <laughs> oh God, don't compare me to Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, um, so obviously we're gonna talk about. This preseason game, because it's a post-game podcast, Johnny and I both watched it. Yes, we're not lying. Uh, but before we get into it, guys, if you haven't given us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, make sure you do it. All you got to do is give us five stars, leave a review, send a screenshot to ramstalk1945 at gmail.com, and you'll be entered to win a $75 gift card to nflshop.com, which we will be giving away once we hit 200 five-star reviews. So review it, get your friends to review it, get a chance to win some free stuff. Who doesn't like that? And, of course, don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you're getting your podcast. We're part of the Big Heads Podcast Network now. Proud to be a part. And don't forget to check out our other shows in the feed, Rams Talk Radio, um, whenever Derek's knee heals so he can talk into a microphone, and a Rams Uncensored, of course, one of our favorites. But, all right, let's get into it, man. Johnny, I we don't have a rundown here, so I'll just let, give me give me something you enjoyed out of this game. Um. There was definitely some highlights here and there. I, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and start with the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, kind of the the biggest hero on on the offensive side of the ball would be um, Michael Thomas. He, <laughs> I, again, he becomes this preseason warrior. Although I have to say, this year seems a little bit different. It's not the same Michael Thomas we've seen who who's excelled, but this is a guy that seems to just be, you know, making plays. This actually seems like a guy that could be a potential starter somewhere down the line. If that translates into the regular season, I'm not entirely sure, especially with this crowded receiving core, but Michael Thomas definitely caught my eye in, in the offensive side of the ball. How about you, Steve? He looked good, man, and it was weird. Like reading Twitter, a lot of people were saying, "I don't know how you keep Kaderil Hodge, over, or I don't know how you don't keep Kaderil Hodge over Mike Thomas at this point." Like, bro, what game were you watching? Like, Mike Thomas looked great. Uh, that that fifty-one yard pass early on, obviously the highlight of the night from Brandon Allen on, on a great ball. But Thomas ran a perfect route, had to make a play on the ball, and and he did it, man. Uh, it's. We have no clarity after this game as to whether Thomas or Hodge is the upper hand because, honestly, they both played great. They both looked great. Uh, you mentioned how crowded the receiving core is. Neither of these guys will probably factor in in the regular season. Uh, if one of our four receivers gets hurt, they'll probably go back to just playing three of them like they did last year because I do think Josh Reynolds will factor in. But, uh, like, it sucks because both these guys are good, Thomas and Hodge, but there's no reason to keep both of them. You have your four receivers. You're going to have one more reserve, one of these guys, and then you're going to have a return specialist, which we'll talk about later. But it, I, I still think Thomas is the guy who is likely to keep the job because Kaderil Hodge has practice squad eligibility. But I don't think we'd be able to get him back in the practice squad if we cut him because, man, he's looked good, and as does Thomas. I think one of them would make a roster somewhere else if we got rid of him. Well, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And then 
it's not even just Kadero Hodge. Also, it's it's Nassimba Webster who, if you want to give him a spot, you'd also have to consider him for punt and and uh, kick returning abilities. Yep. Of course, I I I don't know though. I I think JoJo Natson still has that locked down. So there there's quite a bit that's to consider here. You know, it's a good problem to have, but I, I'm kind of with you, Steve. Even if we decided to put you know, Kaderil Hodge on the practice squad, no way he doesn't get picked up. There is a ton of teams that need wide receiver help, and and Kaderil Hodge can certainly improve, you know, a Ross, uh, you know, depth chart somewhere. But uh, another player I'd like to give props to is John Wolford, the uh, backup quarterback. Uh, I guess you would consider him our fourth string quarterback. I actually like Wolford a lot. This is. Uh, this is a guy that excelled in the AAF um, before, you know, shut down prematurely. But the uh, <laughs> that's an understatement. Oh, yeah, kind of polite way of saying it. But Wolford just looked like a really talented guy. He wasn't perfect. There was a few plays where I was like, "What are you doing?" But um, you know, I have a feeling that he might find a roster spot too. Obviously, it won't be with the Rams because. The Rams are only going to probably keep two quarterbacks. And, you know, Bortles and, and uh, Goff, obviously, are going to take those two spots. But I don't know if, if even if the Rams give him a practice squad spot, I don't know if he'll be able to stay there either. You know, again, uh, the, the Colts could probably use his help, uh, you know, as a backup quarterback at this point, too. Well, he might be playing for the other Los Angeles team if we cut him. The Wildcats... Oh, a wildcat. And I'm not as high on Wolford as you are, but he did look good. I think both. I think Brandon Allen looked really good. Who, If you listened to our podcast last year, I wouldn't call myself a fan of Brandon Allen. I don't think he's that good. But he looked great, so maybe I'm wrong. I think he'd be the one more likely to get picked up by another team out of the two. But that being said, uh, if we cut Wolford and nobody grabs him, I think he's a sure thing to be on the practice squad. We had... We had Brandon Allen on the practice squad last year, I believe, after uh, he actually made the main roster to begin with, but then we cut him and I think pushed him back to the practice squad. But yeah, these guys didn't look bad, man. I, I'm not used to watching our backup quarterbacks look decent in the preseason after the last couple of years with Lord Voldemort, who I'm not going to bring up again. <laughs> Lord Voldemort. <laughs> All right, well, Steve, I'll go ahead and switch it up to the defensive side of the ball because, to be honest, offensively, I mean, well, the Rams are only limited to 10 points, albeit there was a few things that, you know, limited them to only two, 10 points, like, uh, you know, taking chances on fourth down. I, I think we, what was it, like two or three missed opportunities there? Yeah, they, 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 they would have scored more points in a regular season game. They would have kicked field goals. I, I don't want to move on to defense just yet, though. There's two more topics I want to get to, and then I'll okay, let go. you take it over. Um, we touched on Nassimba Webster earlier. Uh, you have, you weren't on the show last week. I did it with Josh, and we went through our 53-man roster predictions, and we were split on Webster and Natson. I'm on your side. I, I think Natson's still the guy to make the roster. Uh, but, like, Nassimba's... It's it's not even comparable as receivers. He's so much better. Like he's so much better receiver. But the problem is, like, does that matter? 
for this roster spot, like we just mentioned how good Kaderil Thomas and or, wow, Kaderil Thomas. Uh, we just <laughs> mentioned how good Mike Thomas and Kaderil Hodge looked. Uh, but the six wide receiver, like that guy's never going to play. Uh, you might keep Nasimba over Nassin because he has more upside and potential, but you don't need it. All your receivers are young as hell. It's, I think they keep Nassin because it just familiarity, experience, he's been here. But, man, I don't think a player's stock has fallen more than JoJo Natson on this team this preseason. Except maybe Jamil Demby, but I don't think his stock was very high to begin with. You know, the the kind of interesting thing about that is I I do like Nassimba Webster, and I think on if the Rams in past years had the you know previous depth you know at wide receiver, I think Webster would make it. But at this crowded of a receiving core, it just doesn't make sense to keep him. And you know, at least as a receiver, considering him as a backup receiver, you know, when you're thinking about punt and kick returner. Natson, that's really the only time you're going to want to use Natson. You know, as as a wide receiver, you'd have to be really desperate to use uh, JoJo Natson as a wide receiver. So you you got to kind of weigh what what you have. And to be honest, like you were saying, Webster probably won't see the field at all. And I'd much rather have a better punt slash kick returner than you know a better backup receiver that won't make the team or that won't make any plays so uh so yeah natson is the better choice of the two because he is the better bet uh kick and punt returner i i don't know why people have gotten so hard on him i mean he's not perfect obviously he did make mistakes towards the end of last season yeah the muff he muffed a punt in the preseason game last week too uh, yeah, I guess that's true too. But still, I I think that I I still think he's the better option there because what I've seen from or what little I've seen from Webster as a as a kicker or punt returner, he's not all that impressive either. He's very quick, but he didn't really make any good plays either. You know who'd be nice to have as our kick and punt returner? As Hakeem? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> But Pharaoh Cooper, perhaps. Oh, jeez. I think he's better than JoJo Natson. Uh, we would not have been talking about Pharaoh Cooper like this if he was still on the roster. Yeah, Pharaoh Cooper, I think we might have prematurely cut him or traded him. or No, we cut him, we right? cut him, yeah. Uh, yeah. He came back, and they didn't want to keep him in Natson, and they went with Natson. And if... If Natson gets cut this preseason, I think it's fair to say it was the wrong move, even though uh, I, clearly we both like Nasimba, But like you said, it it doesn't matter that he's the better receiver, really, because it, it shouldn't be coming down to that. And honestly, I think if uh, if Nasimba gets cut, it's probably a lock for the practice squad. Um, but hey, you got anything else to add on that? I'd like to see Katerl Thomas on the practice <laughs> squad. Good Lord. <laughs> It's early, guys. I don't podcast this early. Uh, last offensive thought. I'm just going to give my take here, uh, and I'm going to let you respond. I don't think in week one, Daryl Henderson plays a meaningful snap. 
Uh, I don't think so either. Just because they've, they're, I mean, obviously Todd Gurley's your guy and they still have yet to show Malcolm Brown, which is interesting because, you know, in most teams out there, they, they're starting to get, you know, a little bit of their starters in. And we obviously know that's not Sean McVay's style, but this isn't even their starter here. Malcolm Brown is your backup and he hasn't touched once in the preseason so you know what it it all boils down to is it's gonna be the Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown show featuring you know Daryl Henderson for a snap or two I yeah I in it I let me clarify and like this is not a negative thing about Henderson look Joseph Noteboom didn't play last year and he's our starting left guard uh, and he was drafted in the same round as Henderson. I just a he John Kelly is outperformed in the preseason. I don't even think it's been really close. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that. I I think Kelly's been far better. And b um, Henderson he's in his defense he's gotten no help from the offensive line, but he, not at all, not at all. But he also hasn't looked that great. He's only had one or two real nice plays. Uh, and that's fine, man. He's a rookie. Let him progress. If all goes well, you're not going to need him this year because Todd Gurley is going to be able to play as much as you want him. And Malcolm Brown, the fact that he's not out there says he's their guy. They know what they have. Uh, they know what they need. Uh, it, the the only guys out there uh, that haven't played this preseason that aren't starters per se are him and Josh Reynolds pretty much. And if you read what the team has been saying about Josh Reynolds, he's basically considered a starter at this point, given what how, how high they've talked about him. So I, ju- I just don't expect to see a lot of Henderson at all, man. I- I'd be surprised. I-, I We might see him a little bit in week one, but he's getting drafted so high in fantasy teams, man. If Gurley's playing, I don't expect him to do much, and I don't think that's a big deal. And John Kelly either, uh, even though he's looked good. That stiff arm was whew, beautiful. Beautiful. Brutal, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I couldn't find a clip of it on Twitter. I was pissed. If you guys have a clip of the John Kelly stiff arm, please send it to me because I want that. But I, I think you're right. It's gonna be girly and it's gonna be Malcolm Brown. Yeah, it's just to kind of add a little bit on to that. You know, it, there's a lot of uh, things that we're not covering on the offensive line just because it's terrible. Oh honestly. my god, it's so bad. <laughs> You know, there's a reason why the Rams only scored 10 points. And we're talking about, like, these outstanding offensive contributors, you know, like, you know, even the backup quarterbacks, you know, the the starting, all the preseason starting wide receivers. You know, they're doing a solid job. It's just, you know, it's I actually kind of feel bad for guys like Brandon Allen, John Wolford, Daryl Henderson, John Kelly, you know, they're not getting any time. And this is a bit of a concern because while they're not starters, this is supposed to be our backup. So if, you know, one of our starting offensive linemen goes down, I'm a bit worried. Uh, I'm a bit worried what's going to happen. I, I think they agree with you because they're not even playing Blake Bortles anymore. Like, <laughs> they didn't even want him to go out there and, and get his ass kicked. I mean, uh, let's just say it. A. We have two offensive linemen that we don't know are good. Uh, there was a conversation on Twitter last week, uh, 
Cam DeSilva from Ramswire tweeted, like as a joke, that if Clowney was on the block, the Rams should trade Joseph Noteboom for him. And people were coming out of the woodwork saying they wouldn't trade Joseph Noteboom for Jadavion Clowney, even if contracts were irrelevant. Like, guys, he has not played a snap. We don't know if he's good. He might be. He might be our starting guard or tackle for the next 10 years. He also might come out week one and be terrible, and we'll have to trade something valuable to get a better lineman because our windows now, we have two unknowns on the line. We sure as hell don't have any backups that are going to give them uh, pushing or whatever for that starting job. So I'm I'm concerned. I'm optimistic because of how much McVay and company love Allen and Noteboom so far. They haven't played in the preseason, which means they're set as starters. Uh, we, we saw Micah Kaiser out there. Uh, so, like, even if you're a projected starter, it's not a sure thing you're going to sit in the preseason. And they like these guys enough to sit. But we have two unknowns starting on the offensive line. We have no backups that are even competent NFL players, I'd say, at this point. They all look awful. And, and some of them are rookies. So, look, I'm not going to sit here and blast them and say we should cut them or anything. But uh, it's not good if... Allen or Noteboom is bad or if anyone gets hurt. Yeah, absolutely not. I, <laughs> I I'm really I'm really terrified uh, of the offense. But Steve, can we stop talking about something that's so negative and let's move on to a positive defense now? Well, before we move on to positive defense, we're gonna move on to a positive book, and that's called Hollywood's Team. Great Glamour and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. Guys, we bring this book up every week because it is a great book. All right, we both read it. It's awesome. If you want to learn about the Rams' history uh, in the 1950s in the era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers with a bit of a personal touch, check out Jim's book. It's a story told you know, kind of from his father's point of view uh, about the team he played for in the 1950s playing with guys like Norm Van Brocklin, Crazy Likes Hirsch, Tom Fears, Les Richter, I mean legends, NFL legends, uh, in a book that tells the story of the 1950s Rams, the 1950s sports landscape in L.A., just 1950s life in L.A., man. You can find this book online if you want to grab it, hollywoodsteam.com. You could hit them up on Twitter, at Hollywood's Team. It's available in both hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Uh, the paperback's coming next month. And you can also find this book through various other booksellers on the internet. Guys, it's an awesome read. It's worth every penny for any Ramson out there. But it's also just a great story about a person's father and the legacy he left behind. Again, trust me, guys. Trust Johnny. You won't regret it. Hollywood's team, grit, glamour, and the 1950s L.A. Rams by Jim Hawk. It is well worth your time. All right, Johnny. I've delayed you from talking about the defense for 10 minutes, so let it out. You've deprived me of my precious defense. No, I, I mean, I, I am actually really happy with what I saw, you know, this past game. You know, uh, maybe the Broncos ain't the best sample to see it at. But, you know, these are guys, the defense I feel like is is really important because I would say the ma- the most major battles for maybe even starting contention is on the defensive side of the ball. And there was a lot of impressive plays and you know if you start with the defensive line there was a lot of uh, a lot of impressive plays by guys like Tanzel Smart I was really happy to see out there uh Greg Gaines out there was uh you know showing some pretty good things if we uh move out into the linebacker area 
you know, I was really happy with that. I was seeing by your boy, Dakota My Allen. Bo- I've been waiting. I've been waiting 20 minutes to talk about him. Dakota Allen. You know what, Steve? I won't deprive you anymore. Let's talk about Dakota Allen. I you know, I – what's up? It just – you know there's guys that, like, you watch and you're like, this guy's good, man. Like, he is an NFL player. He's good. Like, anytime Dakota Allen's doing anything, he just, like, pops up the screen, man. He looks so good doing everything. And, look, he's not going to start. Like, Bryce Hager didn't play tonight, which means he's got that job in the bag. Uh, if if he, they were still getting a good look at him, he would have been out there. He wasn't. He's going to be the starter week one. But Allen, I think, is going to be the first linebacker off the bench. I was surprised that they didn't play him at all in the first half. But he comes in the second half, man. He gets that the tip drill for the interception by Kevin Peterson. He's flying around the field making tackles. Looked surprisingly good in pass coverage, too. Uh, I mean, this... I don't know, like, if I could have confidently said when he got drafted, even though I loved him, like I said, he could compete for playing time. I don't know how serious I really could have been about that. But now, like, he might be the second best linebacker on the team. Uh, I He's not going to start, but if Hager plays bad, he's going to get a chance. And I, I think he can be, like, a serviceable second linebacker, man. He looks good. You know, the, the interesting thing about Dakota Allen is I, I realize that this guy's a rookie. He was a seventh-round pick, and there's a reason why he's being placed in in, like, the second. It was, well, mainly the fourth quarter, right? No, he played the whole second half, uh, okay. but he didn't touch the but, field in the first. Yeah, yeah. The So Dakota Allen, when he's out there, he has, like, a presence about him where he, he like, commands – like attention because if you don't pay attention to this guy he he's gonna make plays and even if he isn't in the viewpoint of you know where the ball is going he somehow ends up there still making plays this is this is the type of guy you want on your team and i don't know if i could say quite yet that this is this is a guy that you want as a starter but again remember he is a seventh round rookie so even if even if he doesn't start right away, if he doesn't start week one, which looks very more likely, like you said, Hager is basically going to be the starter. It doesn't mean he doesn't get the start somewhere down the line, you know, maybe even sometime this year, especially if Hager stinks it up, you know, you never know. Uh, to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of Hager as a starter. I no. like Bryce Hager I mean, I like him more as a uh, as a backup or as a special teamer. This is what Bryce Hager can do for you. To be a starter, it's going to be a lot to ask of him. And I hope he proves me wrong. I, I hope he, he goes and plays lights out. But realistically speaking, I think at some point, the Rams may have to seriously consider Dakota Allen being a starter, especially because of the type of playmaker he is. Uh, a guy that talented, you you can't keep him on the bench. So we'll see. I, I I'm pulling for this guy to be the starter, maybe by week seven. We'll see. It'd be great, and it is nice that they're giving Hager a fair chance. He's one of the longest tenured Rams in the team. He's one of the only guys left from St. Louis, a special teamer his whole career. But when it's it's going to be like when, and I probably mentioned this in the pod before. Last season, before Mark Barron played, Rameek Wilson and 
Marquis Christian were basically splitting the linebacker reps. That's how it's going to be with Hager and either Taylor Rapp or Marquis Christian, depending on how how much they like Rapp going into week one. You're, you're not going to be asking Hager to go out there and defend like George Kittle. Uh, you're going to be bringing in cornerbacks and stuff to – or sorry, you're going to be bringing in Rapp or Christian on primary passing downs. All you're really asking of Hager is play hard and make tackles and try. And that's what you're going to – I don't know if he's going to make the tackles, but he's sure as hell going to try. Uh, that's that's basically the only reason he's been in the league for this long. It's just sheer, like, full tilt, giving his all, and, and making things happen in special teams a little bit. So I – it's his job to lose. I don't think they'll just throw Dakota Allen out there if Hayer's playing okay. And I think that's fine too. Um, Corey Littleton, I, I believe, will be a – probably an unrestricted free agent next year he might be gone so the opportunity down the line is going to be there for Allen if he continues to develop and looks good and uh, whether it's this year whether it's next year I would be willing to bet that at some point he starts an inside linebacker for the Rams yeah without a doubt Uh, but one of the things I also wanted to talk about Steve kind of segueing into the next uh, topic here I wanted to talk about the tremendous depth that the Rams have in the secondary in general. Like, I think, I think the, you know, the front office is going to have a hard time deciding who to keep as, you know, your backup cornerbacks and your backup safeties. Now I've, if you've listened to the podcast, you know, a lot or religiously or, or even just a couple of times, you might've heard me talk about Kevin Peterson and how much I think this is a really good player. You know, it was unfortunate that he went out with an injury last season, didn't really get to play at all. But he came back this season, or at least this preseason, and he's been playing lights out. I mean, he he got the pick thanks to uh, an assist by Dakota Allen, but this is a guy that had a had a pick earlier in the preseason. I, I'm really, I'm really high on 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 uh, Kevin Peterson. So I, I think at this point, there's no way you can keep this guy off the roster. Um, what are your thoughts, Steve? It's gonna be tough because like you have five cornerbacks that are locks: uh, Peters, Tlaib, Nick Elrby, Coleman, your man Troy Hill, and David Long. Who uh, Long has looked okay. He's he's a rookie. He's it's gonna take time. But he's looked all right. Uh, I haven't like been wowed. But I also he's made some plays that you're like, all right, this guy could be a player in the future. So it's kind of like receiver where you have your three starters. Hill's the first guy off the bench. Long probably going to be the second, or at least you know he's not going anywhere because they liked him a lot where they drafted him. How many more cornerbacks can you keep? And you have Kevin Peterson, Darius Williams, Dominique Catfield, Dante Dayon, all guys that have looked all right. Some of those guys have history with the team. They're not all going to make it. We're probably going to keep one. And after this game, you know, I would lean towards Kevin Peterson. I'm with you. Uh, big night for your boy. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they keep two either because, you know, in the past we've had, like, LaMarcus Joyner, originally a cornerback, converted to safety. Uh, and I think at safety, you have Johnson, you have Weddle, you have Rapp, you have Christian. I think I'd be shocked if any of them got cut. Um it, after that, I think Nick Scott makes a team. 
uh, I I mentioned on the pod with last week with Josh that uh, like Nick Scott has the tools to be the next Matthew Slater. I wasn't saying he's going to. And then literally the next day, Sean McVay said the same thing. So I felt very vindicated. Sean McVay literally said he hopes Nick Scott can be their Matthew Slater. Uh, so I think he would make the team. So I think more than likely it's just one more cornerback. And I think it is going to be Peterson. Peterson? Ugh. Uh, but with that position is fucking loaded, man. I mean, you didn't emphasize it enough. Both cornerback and safety. I mean, Christian was getting starter reps this year, last year, and he might not even play at all. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a great problem to have. I mean, it's kind of a popular saying in the NFL where you can ha- never have too many good cornerbacks. And one of the reasons being is because injuries happen, and we saw that last year. When, you know, we had Tlaib go down and then Peters was fighting some some injury problems. And, you know, it, it, you can never have too many good, good corners. So it, it's a good problem to have for sure. And then you're talking a little bit on safety. And, and I'm thinking, you know, a lot of these guys are really good. You know, I, I don't know if any of these guys can be starters at some point. But, you know, a lot of these guys are good quality depth to have. And, you know, you're talking about a guy like Nick Scott who can be that, you know, excellent special teamer. You, you, you're ta- then there's guys like Parker who I feel like he, he's been playing relatively well throughout the preseason and did well in practices as well. So, you know, it, it's really interesting and, and refreshing to see. This is kind of the opposite problem that we've been having with the uh, offense. So, that's kind of why I was really excited to get to the defensive side of the ball because there's just so much to look forward to. And these aren't even going to be the starters. These are these are the guys backing them up. Yeah, I, I caught a glimpse of the Jacksonville game the other day, and Cody Davis made a tackle. And I was just sitting there like, man, we've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a... Uh... It's a blast from the past. <laughs> That's the end of my story. Um, <laughs> I, I, before we wrap up, I mean, we could circle back to defensive line, which you touched on. Uh, yeah, these guys look good. It's really nice to see Oboe out there. Uh, Agbania Okoronkwo. I'm sure I didn't pronounce that right. That's why I call him Oboe. Uh, he's, he's looked good. John Franklin Myers snuck in a sack on there. A guy I think I'd say we're high on, but I feel like every single Rams fan is high on. Uh, Tanzel Smart, you mentioned, guy who's competing for a roster spot, looked pretty good. We'll see if that'll help him or not. Morgan Fox had a nice play in there. Uh, it's 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 good, man. I'm not concerned about our defensive line going into the season, and even at outside linebacker, I'm really not that concerned either. I think there's more depth than we've had in the past, even though nose tackle is kind of a, a question mark with Sebastian Joseph Day locked in there, but. A, you've got a lot of guys who feel like NFL players. B, you shored up the outside linebacker. You've got three guys that can at least play. And then guy like Oboe's looking decent behind him, Trayvon Young. Um, it's – or Natres Patrick is who I was thinking of on the outside. He's looked good. When you have Aaron Donald in the middle, the guys around him aren't as important, but they have to be able to take some pressure away from him. And I think we got it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I, I really, uh, b- by the way, props to you for 
even attempting Oboe's real name. I, I'm just going to call the guy Oboe. I, no way I'm going to be able to pronounce his name. But I, <laughs> I was really impressed with Oboe. Yeah, pretty much throughout the entire preseason, he, he's looked really, really good. Uh, made a couple plays here and there. What I what I was really liking, you brought up uh, Natres Patrick. He is actually kind of like a Dakota Allen in a way, where he didn't have the the kind of the fame that that Dakota Allen had. Mm-hmm. But this is a guy that has you know a second chance also, and he's making the most of it. You know, he's looked really impressive out there. He's also kind of been a guy that's been getting in on plays, kind of like a Dakota Allen, and. Um, in a way, you know, this is a guy to look out for because he was pretty much there throughout the entire game, right? Yeah, man. He he looked good. He's played well. And, yeah, he's just another guy, kind of like undrafted diamond in the rough. It seems like he's going to be a player. Uh, he's, he's I'd be shocked if he didn't make the team. And it's – I don't think he'll do much this year, but it's like I mentioned with Dakota Allen. You know, the guys in front of him are – are not long for this team probably like uh if Dante Valor's back next year it probably means he had a terrible season uh so uh, those are guys that are going to get looks for starting jobs next year and maybe even some reserve work this year but yeah Natrez Patrick I mean him and Dakota Allen have stolen the spotlight on this defense this preseason they've both been great and uh, people have been falling in love with them hard not to I mean who doesn't like a good underdog story? <laughs> the the last guy, or I want to pose this to you. I posted to Josh last week. Has there ever been a more surefire player to be selected for a practice squad than Kettner Cup? <laughs> you know, the, the thing about Cup is, uh, you know, I, I was really excited to get Cup just because who doesn't want two Cups on a team? <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Never mind. Uh, I'll take that back. <laughs> ah, we all heard it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, he's not, not that he's looked like bad or anything. I want to say he looked good. He's not going to make the team, but he's definitely going to be on the practice squad. You don't sign Cooper Cup's brother to not put him on the practice squad. It's like, Cooper Cup, you have to perform. If you do not perform, we cut your brother. Mm-hmm. We, we see it all the time in sports, man. Uh, and the NBA, the Knicks gave J.R. Smith's little brother a guaranteed contract and cut him the day after it became fully guaranteed because he is not an NBA player. So, I mean, this is this is tampering at its finest. You get Kettner Cup, you let him play on the practice squad, pay the man for three years. Maybe he becomes good enough to make the team. Probably not, but either way, everybody's happy. That is a very loud alarm. I'm sorry, guys. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I think we've had enough of Kettner Cup Hour. Uh, last thing before we go, Johnny, any anything or anybody you're looking for in the final preseason game? I think uh, at this point, you know, you're basically going to see guys going in there where you know McVeigh has a rough idea who's going to be on the on the squad, so. I, I'm looking for guys like, you know, your boy Dakota Allen, like Natras Patrick. Um, I know we've seen a lot of them, but hey, this is their time to shine because unless unless they're they're you know starters, just totally tank this season. 
this is probably going to be the last time we really see much of them. So I'm looking for guys like that to truly shine and make an argument, not only to make the roster, but to potentially be a starter down the line. Uh, as far as the offensive side of the football, uh, I'm going to look for some improvement on the offensive line, but I'm not holding a lot of hope there. I'm and holding out no hope for that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at guys like uh, Kaderil Hodge, you know, Michael Thomas, see what else they're going to be able to do. Uh, as far as anyone else is concerned, you know, like, you know, receive or quarterback wise, let's be honest, they're not going to make the roster unless they put in golf and or Bortles for a series, but doesn't seem likely either, especially what's been happening around the league. So I'm um, just looking forward to seeing, you know, what, what, uh, what good football we can see from our backups before the regular season starts. What about you? Yeah, I, I'm hoping to see good performances from, like, the guys that are all but certainly not going to be on the roster. And, like, um, Justin Davis, he didn't play till the fourth quarter. Uh, a guy, I we all like him. He's not going to make the team. They're not going to keep a fifth running back. Uh, I'd like to see him get a chance to just kind of put some tape in his reel for his next job, uh, which I think he'll get. A, he's a fine uh, reserve running back. We just don't have room for him. Uh, same with a guy like Jalen Green, who I think everybody has kind of grown to love this preseason. Scored a touchdown last night. He's not making the team. He'll probably be on the practice. Or we have a lot of receivers that could be on the practice squad, man. So I don't even know if he's a sure thing to make the practice squad, but I would hope so. Um, and I, I'd like to see another good game with him. Uh, former U- USC player. We'll see what happens, but and the quarterbacks, like you mentioned, Wolford Allen. I hope they get jobs somewhere else. Like I can't believe I've grown to like Brandon Allen. It's shocking to me. He's been here for so long, and just watching this preseason, uh, he's better than I thought he was. I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but he probably, you know, he probably should have been the backup quarterback last year. Uh, he looked all right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I want to see the the guys who aren't going to make the team get a chance to put their demo reel together, so to speak. And I'd also like to see a little more from Daryl Henderson. Uh, make something happen. Give us a reason to be excited if you get in the game week one. All righty. Well, hitting 40 minutes, so I think we're good. Yep, definitely. All right. Uh, we will be back next week, more than likely. Uh, maybe this week, but don't count on it. Uh, don't forget to follow Johnny at Johnny five, not six. Don't forget to follow me at Seaver Barrow. Don't forget to follow Rams talk at talk Rams and on Twitter. Well, that, that is Twitter and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Rams talk. Uh, and give us a five star review wherever you're getting your podcast, enter our sweepstakes, uh, what's the free stuff for Johnny. This is Steve. Talk to you guys next week. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking. that We're going to see him soon. You can
can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.